0: Hello, everyone. This is Belinda Carr. Welcome back to the Movers and Breakers podcast, where we dive into the world of construction and explore the stories of people and companies who are shaping the future of our industry. From the latest technological innovations to the challenges and triumphs of everyday construction professionals, we'll bring you the inside scoop of what's happening in the world of construction. Today, I'm speaking with Jennifer Kastensen, Vice President of Ambassador and Partner Programs at BuildExact. Thanks for joining us, Jennifer.
1: Oh my gosh! Thank you so much for having me, Belinda. It's an honor.
0: So we first um, met last year, a couple of months ago. I'm I'm not sure though, the last three years have just been a blur. But I was on Building Zach's page. I did my first and only Instagram live with you, um, and I was able. You asked me some really insightful questions about my 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 journey in the construction industry and how I got to the role that. I'm currently in, but I'm excited to flip the flip the conversation around and learn more about you this time. So, how did you get into this role at uh, Build Exact?
1: Um, I've had a a very uh, um diverse background in the construction industry, and it's a really sticky industry which I love. It's I've been on all sides of the equation. I've been in all the different verticals. I worked for a developer. I worked for a manufacturer. I worked for a media outlet. Um, and also a service provider. And in each case, I really enjoyed the people that I met and the community impact elements. And right now, I'm really digging into the evolution of the industry to be more technologically advanced and also more sustainable. and and with those two things come a lot of efficiencies. So, that's exciting. And I think that there's a huge evolution that is, you know, we're on a tipping point of a huge evolution in terms of both of those elements in, in housing and construction. Yeah. Um, I'm, definitely I'm sorry, focused... before you
0: continue, I'm curious, what do you mean by it's a sticky industry?
1: Um, so uh, my background was public relations and marketing. That's what I um got my degree in and my first job was with the developer and i just really haven't left construction oh, so okay. <laughs> i could have gone in different Stop fields doing, uh... i could have gone in different directions but um yeah so it just is it becomes sticky because you you learn the community and you know a lot of jobs are like i guess a, a lot of different spaces are like that but i think that real estate is um you you meet the people you create a community and i think it's a good community so Um, so yeah so I'm really focused on the technology and the sustainability and uh, like I said those will both drive more efficiency which will lead to more affordability which is absolutely something we need to be focused on
0: absolutely
1: and um, through a lot of that I've had a lot of fun meeting people like you and other leaders and learning from them and I don't you love it it's just like you get your energy from it and um, I'm just curious who you met in the last year who you who was super fun to learn from?
0: So I had um, Christine Williamson, the founder of Building Science Fight Club, on my podcast in December or November. And she was a really fun person to speak to because we have become we from a very similar background and have very a very similar mindset of the construction industry. So that I think we're also equally passionate about building products and building science. So that was a really nice geek up session. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I actually talked to her too and we did a live session and it was like, I think moments after she had her first baby yes. and she was carrying around the baby and still doing this and I was just like, my my mind exploded. I was like, I, I don't oh, know wow. how she did it. <laughs> wow. She's incredible. She yeah.
0: is. She definitely is. Very, very smart lady. Learned a lot from her. Yeah. So uh, for those of us who don't know, what does Build
1: Exact do? Yeah, so we're an online a business development tool for both builders and dealers. And we are kind of a connective tissue between the two. Um a builder can go on. We're we're SaaS model, so it's um and it's a month to month subscription for a builder to go on. And that from our site they can connect their dealer and, and their dealer's pricing in the process of creating orders. So they can do a takeoff, send in um to get an estimate do a purchase order, get an RFQ, they can, there's a CRM component, there's a scheduling component, um, they can connect with their subs, they can do the scheduling with their subs. So it's a very, very comprehensive, um, holistic tool that will help them build their business. And a lot of the builders that we work with are small builders that don't have those back of house resources. So our software does all of that for them.
0: Wow. And what is your role at BuildExact?
1: Yeah, so um, you introduced me as a vice president of yeah. Master and industry partner program. So I go out in the industry and um, make connections that will either lead to partnerships or collaborations or just more visibility for us. So it's um, it's a very exciting role um, that uh, uh, that it, I, I'm loving, and gosh. it's also helping me drive that um, technology and industry and those efficiencies that I mentioned.
0: So you talked about you have developed this passion for building science and building materials and all that stuff. And that's a consequence of you, the people that you're meeting through Build Exact and the conversations that you're having? Or is that just personal passion? You're going out there and looking for this, this stuff.
1: So it's a personal passion that I've been able to kind of... Um, Uh, propagate in the last two roles that I had. So last one of the last roles I was in at Zonda is, you know, and I was able to report on sustainability. I'm a contributing writer at Forbes currently. And so I am able to still write about sustainability um, and efficiencies and and better building practices for those efficiencies. But um, which is about about to launch, we have Um, been working with the ABC collaborative and that um, ABC is advanced building construction. It is a group that is um, founded by the United States department of energy and includes the national labs members from all of the national labs, uh, Berkeley lab, Pacific Northwest national lab, RMI. Um, And we worked with them to they're, they're about to launch a project that they've been working on for nearly three years which is a market guidance report. And that market guidance report has data about the new home construction and meeting zero carbon alignment goals. And then also about the existing building stock in the U.S. and what we need to do to that existing stock in order to get it to zero carbon aligned. Working with them, they put together some recipes and assemblies based off of that report and the recommendations and put them into our software so that builders can now go to, well, not yet. Okay. <laughs> um, we're launching very shortly. Okay. Um, but they can go into the software and they can, um, easily find those recipes and assemblies, not have to go through the 200 page document and, um, And because a lot of the, like I said, the builders that we work with don't have those resources, so they'd be able to um, instantly know what those recipes and assemblies are in order to do a retrofit or new construction, and then um, incorporate those into the project and leading to, um, hopefully, some of the rebates that are included with the IRA Act as well. Okay. So all of this is coming to a head, and um, we'll be able to service the industry in that capacity. That's Very exciting.
0: that is extremely exciting. So we're we're talking about such an important part. We're talking about such an important like um new path that the construction industry is paving because data, we all know the importance of data. And all the other industries are collecting data all the time. The construction industry I feel is lacking in the collection of data, but that's one aspect. Then you have this other aspect of synthesizing the data, trying to understand what it means, what Like like you said, it's really difficult to read a 30-page document and try to figure out what it means for your business or for the future of the industry. And that's where y'all come in. Y'all accept all the data, synthesize it into digestible forms. And then the builders are the third part of the equation where they take that data and do something really useful with it. So y'all are the the medium, the really important medium between the data and the builders.
1: Yeah, so and even more on that is that Um, I was explaining our, our um, platform connects the dealer and the builder. And so via our platform, the dealer gets a lot of information about the builders, the builders, and then the builders. works the other
0: way. Got it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the builders are able to um, get accurate on-demand pricing where they can't get that anywhere else. So a lot of times they're putting out an estimate and they're losing margin because those prices might change or whatever might happen. Um, But uh, also it will give us and hopefully the industry at large, more visibility to who's using what kind of products, where the efficiency, where they're using some of these packages that are put together by the ABC Collaborative, um, what, how many estimates are going through which are turning into purchase orders um what what products then we can inform the dealer base the supplier base what's being used most frequently and um hopefully that will create the snowball effect of using more efficient products yep. mm-hmm. and um so yeah so it's just a uh, um Really exciting time. I think it's um, uh, their confluence of a lot of things that are happening with the IRA and this market report and um, a, a global lens on climate change and how important it is to have more efficient and sustainable construction. So I'm curious,
0: and when BuildExact first started, what sort of data, was data it, it's, its ultimate goal like, was it collecting data from builders and suppliers and slowly over the past, like a decade or so, it's been trying to figure out how to create such a, such a strong platform for the industry?
1: So when it first started, um, it started in, in Australia oh, about okay. uh, more than a decade ago. And uh, BuildExact has a majority of the market, a, a very large market play there. And collecting that data and being able to share it with all of our partners is um, a secondary aspect of what we have created there, but a very important one to your point. So our, the dealers and the suppliers there are learning a lot from this data. Um, and they're able to then create better sales efficiencies, better sales performance, and then um, also you know, limit their inventory yeah um you know do a lot of things in terms of forecasting that they haven't had the ability to do in the past so it it now has become uh as you kind of alluded to um more of a primary focus yeah it, it's definitely something that is uh, it you know data is gold for yes. sure
0: is there another particular industry that you or build exactly looks to uh to learn lessons from is like the shipping industry or the tech industry?
1: Yeah, so I think that when you look at any sort of software as a service, that's kind of where we're we're certainly modeled as a SaaS platform. And so there are a lot of different SaaS platforms that are out there. And we're looking at the success of other platforms. And I think that there are a lot of different industries where we can adapt different um, models and different aspects of what they're offering. But yeah, I think it's almost limitless, right? Yeah. Because there's now, the, uh, you know, as SaaS models grow, I mean, there's just more and more opportunity to learn from others.
0: Absolutely. So let's move on to your role at BuildExact. And I have to say, you are so consistent in your LinkedIn posts and your Instagram posts. You put me to shame because I, I, I tend to let things fall through on social media, but you are so consistent. I'm gonna say that again. It's just it's very admirable, and uh, I'm I really hope to be more like you in that way. But how? I and another related to that topic. I noticed that you did a course or have a certification in Guy Kawasaki's how how to rock social media. That was gotcha. really really interesting. Is that something that you just came across on LinkedIn and you said, "Huh, I can I could learn a lot about." promoting exact to promoting yourself uh, through this platform?
1: Yeah, so I am a um, continuous learner. Yeah. And I be, more or less feel like a day where I don't learn something is a wasted day. And I will eat up any sort of content that <laughs> comes my way. Whether it's about social media, whether it's about material science, whether you know, so I mean, it, obviously, some things are way over my head, um, because I you can't, you know, I'm certainly um, talking about being a jack of all trades. Yeah. I was um, going to say that, <laughs> which you can't, you can't get into too too deep when yeah. you're doing something like that. But um, I I will read books about it. I will, um, and so it's it's for me when you're. When I'm in a role like this and where I'm very focused on providing the industry, um, hopefully, with some valuable content that will help um, so, some ideas or some um, innovation go to scale, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to elevate others around me in order to bring their ideas to a, a broader audience. And that's certainly my aim. Um so i learned that from other people at conferences i learned that from watching other people directly online from courses like guy kawasaki I, it's all over the map and it's uh i think it's a um, um certainly something that i look to others to help me with on a regular basis
0: how do you keep that consistent schedule going cuz it is pretty exhausting to have to remember okay i need to post something on linkedin or is it does it come naturally you've developed this habit over the months over the years and it just comes naturally to you now like you come across this article and say oh okay let me write a short blurb on it and share it on linkedin or share it on instagram
1: i think you're exactly right and i think when i and just to go back um to what i was saying before i don't i limit myself to social media what i'm looking for is just any sort of platform yes. so i was I do write for Forbes and then, um, and I I have to talk about this because it's so exciting to me, (laughs) Um, but I have been trying to get into South by Southwest for a number of years and now I have, um, I will be presenting there.
0: Oh, congrats.
1: Um, Thank you. Yes. In a, um, it's a, in a month. So two sessions that I'm really excited about. One is on net zero housing on March 11th at 4 p.m. in Austin, Texas at South by Southwest. And the other one is on um, innovation to provide more housing, more affordable housing on a global level, and that is the one that I'm moderating um, on Sunday, March twelfth at two thirty p.m. in Austin, Texas, at the JW Marriott. I'm gonna um, try to
0: make it. That's
1: oh my yeah, gosh, I'd yes, to... I will give you a day pass if okay. you come. That would be awesome. So um, I only have one day pass, but okay. I'll give it to you, Belinda. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so those are the two sessions I'm really excited about. I get to speak speak with Rick Murdoch. um he's with Autoval. Joe yes. Wheeler. he's with the um, University of Virgi- Virginia Tech University, excuse me. and then um, uh, Al- Alexi Dubov, so he's with Mighty Building. So okay. three just fascinating people who are doing different things to impact the industry at large and really, really, high level innovators in the space.
0: I'm planning a visit to Audival in the next coming months and I visited Mighty Buildings last year, I think. Yeah. So it'd be I haven't I didn't meet um the the person that you just mentioned at Mighty Buildings. Yeah. yeah I, I met the other oh, person. Alexi. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't meet Alexi. But but yeah, that would be really uh it would be fun to, to hear them speak live and maybe even ask them some questions I'm, I'm going to try to make it
1: yeah you should and so like in saturday with that net zero housing it'll be eric whirling who's the um who's at the united states department of energy and then sharon metzger she is um at pacific northwest national lab okay and then gene myers with thrive homes of course he's um a, a huge leader in sustainability
0: wow that's that's really exciting congratulations on that accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. So in in the past couple of years, all these companies you've come across, all this research and new products that you've come across, is there one or two that, that really stand out? It could be something that you were passionate about that kind of fizzled out, fizzled out, or something that you've seen recently that you feel could really transform the industry?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I could go on and on. This is a, <laughs> and I want to hear from you too, because <laughs> I'm sure you could teach me some things, but um, planted materials, um, the structural bu- building plant panels that are made out of plants. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're amazing. Um, doing I saw your LinkedIn things. post on
0: that. <laughs> okay,
1: good. <laughs> and then Vive, I think is just incredible. Um, V E E V V-E-V. Okay. V-E-V. So they're a home builder and the things that they're doing, um, are way different than, um, you know, they're kind of like mighty, mighty buildings, but they're doing some, um, they have a different approach and the, what they're doing is just fascinating. So you um, think
0: that those kind of, those ideas could contribute to the low carbon or zero carbon future that we're trying to get to?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, uh, as you know, it takes all stakeholders. Yeah. I mean, it's an ecosystem, right? So just a product is not going to move things forward and actually i'm part of the esg working group that green builder media put together and um the esg working group is to create is to write standards for our industry in particular on um uh, you know, i shouldn't say standards to try to write a guide for on esg for the housing industry and um I was on an email correspondence with a a big group of the folks who are part of that today, and one of the folks wrote today um, that they were we were all at IBS and some of us met last week, and one who's a builder responded to us that they were going around the exhibit floor, and didn't see a lot of innovation and sustainability from the manufacturers and the exhibitors, and he said as long as we buy the shit they will keep making it. (laughs) And, you know, and he said, we have to wake up and we have to like, you know, we have to be more cognizant of what we're buying and not supporting that, you know, the manufacturing of, of crummy materials. Yeah. So, um, it's just a, it was something that I wanted to share from a builder's perspective is that, you know, manufacturers have to, um, meet their demand.
0: I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think it goes back to this push pull idea like we have I've come across so many small companies and you probably have too that are trying to push these really cool innovative materials but at a certain point if they there isn't a demand for it there isn't a pull from us the consumers they'll never be able to scale up it'll never be a truly viable technology or product that can change the industry. So what you're talking about is education of the consumers where we stop buying things that we shouldn't be buying and look and question our everyday choices, our everyday um, construction materials, and we demand something better.
1: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, you're you're spot on. I mean, there, I think more and more so. And actually, you know, in my in my efforts to continuously learn, I was listening to something um, the other day about millennials and how millennials think different, and they're they're not moved by the almighty dollar. Um, in in a work setting, they want something that, you know, is, has significance to their lives. And they want to know that they're making an impact. So as managers, we have to help them understand the impact that they're making on a social level, um, through their jobs and their day to day um, work setting. And I think more and more so that the the next generation is thinking that and they want to have sustainable solutions in their homes, then they want to be, they want, I mean, that is like, certainly in our household, when people come over, we're like, oh my gosh, you have to see this, what we, what we can see with our electricity usage and, you know, all the, these other things. And it's certainly something, I, I'm not a millennial, by the way, I'm, <laughs> I'll try to pass off this one, but it's not going to work. Okay. Um. But yeah, so I think it's uh, something that for the next generation is super important. And hopefully we'll see that as a tipping point moving forward.
0: Okay. I have to ask you something really candidly, you come across all these companies and a lot of them can seem pretty sketchy. The claims that they're making, whether they are just riding on this train, the sustainability train or the zero carbon train, they truly aren't sustainable. And how do you not get cynical about companies like that when when there are other companies that are trying so hard, when you see other companies trying so hard to do something noble, but these other companies that are playing the game, let's say, are getting more recognition? How does that not get you jaded?
1: Yeah, so (laughs) um, I think that, you know, part of what we're working on with that ESG working group is, um, you know, those guides will help us identify the ones that are trying to use a system or benefit from it more than they are trying to elevate the industry. So there definitely needs to be um, things put into place that will uh, um, help us make those early onset identifiers, um, put those identifiers into place so that people don't get exposure to that and then Mm -hmm. lose faith or confidence in the system. And it it stinks when people do. I'm an I'm an eternal optimist, and it's kind of ridiculous. It's it, I'm sure it's a downfall more than it is a um, positive. But yeah, so I would say there there needs to be process and or something put into place that helps us be smarter recipients or a consumers of the right products.
0: So do you think that also? that responsibility also falls on us and because of the the role we have as distributors of information on social media, because that's something I struggle with every time I come across the company that seems a little bit sketchy. I feel like it's not right for me to share that with other people if I'm not giving my completely unbiased view. Or do you think it's better to still spread the word and then it's up to people to decide whether the company really has a future is really doing something better for the construction industry.
1: Yeah, so I think that you're doing the right thing which is vetting what you share. Yeah. Um I am not as uh regimented about that as I should be because I get excited about an idea and I just you know and I'm just hopeful that you know they're doing the right thing and and I'm sharing it and that will just you know help everyone So like I said, it can be definitely um, a disadvantage when I'm too optimistic or hopeful about a solution that I see. But I think that, you know, my my reputation rides on it. I know that there have been times in the past where I've had or, you know, shared something and or reported on something that turned out to be not what I thought it was. And um, that damaged my reputation for sure. And as it should, I, I, I don't, you know. I don't um we all make mistakes yeah I mean
0: but I guess the on the flip side if we do give exposure to a company that is trying to make it out there and maybe trying to like ride the wave right now just to get their name out there they could transform and change their business plan change their business strategy to actually help the industry because of the um I could give examples but I don't really want to give examples um right now but what I'm saying is that if we do share the word and they are able to uh, gain recognition, maybe gain some more funding, they could change their ind- change their business strategy into something legitimate. So th- there's a, there's, it's, it's a very complicated, um, I don't know, very complicated area.
1: Yeah, it is a very complicated area. And I, in, I have had conversations with certain people who pitched me ideas where I said, come back to me with that idea because I'm not ready to share it. Um, and I'm, and I'll be ready when you're at a point where, you know, so I think that it, what you're saying is that as providers of information, we walk a very, um, thin line with, Our need to meet our needs and desires and then also to um, meet or sustain our reputation. Yeah. So I think that's right. And, you know, there's also the element of there are other players out in social media and even at a wider perspective that are damaging social media in general. Yeah. So yeah. using it in the wrong way and so you know I think like overthinking yeah
0: overthinking it yeah. is cuz also bad it, like it it it's almost crippling. Yeah. Should I think should absolutely. I share this should I not share this and that's something that I can't deal be. with. It's yes. a
1: handicap. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Be, I need to be more of an optimist like you.
1: Well, it, yeah, so a healthy dose of there, optimism. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it is yeah. good.
0: It's it right. again it's a
1: balance. Yeah. And I don't know if you need to change anything. You've got a, a massive amount of followers who are, you know, know your strong reputation and that you care for your audience. Yeah. So mm-hmm. as long as you care for your audience, you can always go back and apologize about something, too. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're all human. as so long. we just keep that in mind, whether it's a business, whether it's us as like, so sh- people sharing pe- the information on social media, we, we're going to make mistakes. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You learn from your mistakes and you try not to do it again the next
1: time. So exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I guess what I'm taking from you is that taking away from this conversation is that there is, there's hope for the construction industry. And I like conversations like this that are not just, oh, the construction industry hasn't done anything in a hundred years and every other industry has done so much and we're lagging behind in productivity and that's not true. We have innovated. When we're continuing to innovate, we're trying to get better. It's such a complex industry, such a complex industry. There are so many factors involved. And in a lot of ways, I think it's a lot more complex than in the agriculture industry or the automotive industry. But there are there are so many players in the industry trying to make it more efficient and more productive. And when you when you look at companies like everyday individuals and, uh, and you talk to them, talk to people like you, it's, it's a sign that the industry is getting better. The future of construction is bright.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I have all Well, (laughs) you know, I have all faith that, you know, there's, we're, we're really on a precipice and we are at a tipping point where there's going to be a lot of forward momentum for more efficiency and just more um, sustainable practices and everything. So I, I'm, I'm very hopeful about where we're headed.
0: Yeah. And I think we could end it with maybe some advice for someone in the, in, in our industry who is equally interested as we are in the R&D side of it, because our industry, honestly, we construction doesn't dedicate as many, as much resources into R&D as some, like the pharmaceutical industry or some other industries might, because we have lower margins and it's, it's just not a, a part of the everyday practice. So what advice would you give for someone who is interested in exploring all these new materials and products that are coming out every day? How would they be able to carve a career like you have in construction?
1: Yeah, I would say that it's all about elevating others to elevate yourself. And um, and I also think that there is no need right now to, and I'm going to steal this from a podcast I was listening to, but to knock on closed doors. There's so much energy right now headed in, in the route of transformation that you can just follow that energy.
0: That's, that's very good advice. There's so many opportunities over there. If one person shuts you, it just says no to you, find another person. Cause that's, that's very good advice. Don't yeah. take no for an answer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I'm going to, we haven't met in person yet, but I'm going to try to make it down to Austin next month, meet you in person and catch your talk. Um, but thank you again for sharing your knowledge and every, all your advice on our podcast.
1: Oh my gosh. Belinda, thank you so much. Like I said, a true honor and everything that you're doing for the industry at large. I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for being such a great leader.
0: Thank you, Jennifer. Likewise. Thanks. All right.